All right. Welcome to the Hit Factor. Uh, tonight, we got on hand Jeff and Sasquatch and myself. And actually, tonight, Jeff is probably coming before all of us a little scared. Uh, apparently, on a previous podcast, Jeff uh, was talking about the carry optics division and talking about how there weren't any young guys to really push Max, you know, really kind of, you know, just really leaving out people. And so we have a guest tonight, and uh, that was one of Jeff's omissions. So, uh, <laughs> Lane, do you have anything you want to tell Jeff? Do you have any words for Jeff? Or just, like, next time you're going to see him, like, what's going to happen to him? Uh, our, our guest is Lane Grease. Um, so how do you feel about that, Lane? Uh, I, like, very slighted. Um I expect that the next time that I see Jeff in person, I will do the honorable thing and I will drop a glove in front of him that he may then choose whether or not to pick up in, in front of the rest of the people present. I don't, that's going to be tough. Cause I mean, there's some, <laughs> some, some dignity I would like to keep intact, but also I, I just know that I'm not going to be any match for the shooting glutes. So well, see, that's interesting that you say that now, Jeff, because on our on our podcast text that we have, you said <laughs> Lane's going to need to grow a little first. So I I mean, you're uh, talking, I, we're no. talking a little smack ahead of time. <laughs> I, I I think his exact language was, Lane's that young. Must be a lot of miles in those years. I think it's the words <laughs> he used. <laughs> no, that's what that's what Jeremy said. And I actually thought that Jason was talking about Mason Lane when I said he's going to have to grow. <laughs> you, can't, you can't you can't change the story now. We we must pick the way this is settled. Lane, it's all in the it's all in the text. I'll send it to Lane. Lane, would you I like? Would, yeah, Lane. He can he can modify and edit that to make it say whatever he wants it to say. I'll have Jason send it to Lane. <laughs> the, the real question is: Do you want to use? Uh, Hands, knives, swords, guns, uh, how's this going to be settled? Well, I think as per tradition, the person who is challenged gets to decide on that. Right. Oh, okay. Jeff, how would you like to die? So, Jeff, what do you think is your best option? Uh, dueling muskets, of course. Not a bad idea. He's only got <laughs> one shot, so. Right, and if you both miss, it's you just like walk away, right? No, you reload and go again. Did you have the option to go again? Yep. Oh, you do? Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Lane talks about this as if he's experienced right, dueling right. muskets before. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I actually, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I was on a super dueling kick last week because I got to reading about when Hamilton got shot by Burr because I hate Alexander Hamilton. Oh, so I just happened to read up on it for like one day at work for no reason. But <laughs> <laughs> I love how it's just. Last week, I was reading up on dueling. It just happened right. to be convenient this week. Well, we, we avoid politics on this show, and that includes 1800s politics. <laughs> That's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into nationals this weekend for you guys, which this podcast will air after the week after, so like... Yeah, it's the week after. When does so, limited or race gun nationals end? Uh, race gun starts Friday and ends on Sunday. Yeah, so this this nationals will actually air after me and Laner, or this show will air after me and Laner finish shooting nationals, and while Jeremy is on his way to nationals oh. for high cap. Unless we just push it out to like Sunday, right before production starts. Well, we've already got one to drop this week, so we, we got to keep it in queue because we're not going to be able to record next week. But I'm, yeah, just push it early. Are you guys going to do any live stuff from Nationals? Uh, I imagine so. Uh, Jeremy's staying with the CZ crew, and then I think Boomer is staying in like an old folks' home down there or something. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, he'd probably be very comfortable there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll at least do a live show before or during the limited nationals, the, the race gun nationals part. I won't speak to what Boomer and Sasquatch will do. 
Lang will be staying with us for the first match as well. So maybe we can even get a boomer to come over and record one. Oh, then yeah, at least you can at least do live with, with Lang. Boomer doesn't have to come. That's all right. So I think the, the question that all of our listeners want to know, Lane, how badly are you going to let Boomer beat you? Mm. I don't, I don't like the, uh, uh, I don't like the framing of that question. Um, <laughs> okay. No, I'm looking forward uh, to nationals a lot. I've kind uh, of switched up my training a lot since Area Three to kind of compensate for what I've been lacking in carry optics for the year. So I'm really interested to see it work out. But okay, cool. So I've got I've got some questions, and they kind of deal with with training and peaking for this and everything. So I want to go around and ask all of. All of y'all the questions. So, first question. Are you excited about Nationals? Yes, very much. Uh, I'm probably not being very productive at at work this week because my mind is completely focused on Nationals, and it's pretty much my entire thoughts. I've been hitting training pretty hard the last uh, few days, and I'll pretty much shoot every day until I leave. Very good. So you're excited. Can't stop thinking about it. Chomping at the bit. Ready to go. Hell yeah. Jeremy. Uh, I'm looking forward to this Nationals. This, it's not my quote-unquote main division. Um, and so I'm feeling kind of chill about this Nationals. Like I'm looking forward to staying like, you know, house with a bunch of cool guys. Uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, it's actually get it to be a three-day match, which, you know, 22 stages and almost 500 rounds so like i'm just looking forward to shooting the match itself mm-hmm. even though it's in frostproof shannon does normally put on a really good match so i i look forward to that um so yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of just excited about the match itself uh irregardless of how i do i'm just kind of excited about the match it should be kind of fun yeah that was kind of a piggyback question that i had for you was is if you were feeling as focused or excited or nervous about this one it not being your primary division uh i mean i still think i take it as seriously but given kind of how the year's gone um i'm just kind of who knows what's going to happen so i'm just kind of like i'm not stressing over it uh i've actually had some made some changes i've just kind of maybe figured out uh some stuff after area four what was kind of causing me some issues and maybe like last few practice sessions have been pretty solid and so maybe have some stuff figured out so i kind of feel good about it and it and that doesn't feel like false bravado like i think maybe a little before single stack i was just trying to like talk positive to myself and say nothing but positive things and maybe some of that was maybe a little bit of false bravado and I don't really feel that this this time. I feel honestly, I feel pretty good about about my shooting, and so so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, uh, Lane, are you excited about nationals? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's you know, I mean, obviously, it's a culmination event, and uh, I mean, obviously, this year is my first year with a dot, so I kind of feel like it's taken me the whole year to just like really figure out like how you have to shoot carry optics. I mean, obviously divisions are all more alike than they are different, but you know, so it makes me, it makes me really interested in nationals just because I kind of feel like now I'm starting to get to the point where like I can, I can shoot the match as, you know, as a high level carry optics guy. And so, you know, I want to see, you know, where that puts me. Good. Good. Okay. Next question. Jared, do you feel like you are peaking or is peaking something you feel at all during the season? Uh, absolutely. And I kind of got two answers to that. So uh, before COVID kind of hit, shut everything down early in the season, like when I was training up for Area 6 before uh, it got moved and I had to bail out of it, I felt like I was shooting the best I've ever shot. And then most of the year, I kind of did not really feel like I was shooting that well. And in the last couple of weeks, I feel like I'm shooting the best I've ever shot. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm shooting really well. So I'm 
I think I'm I'm as good as I could possibly be at this point in the season. Hell yeah. Jeremy, what's your thoughts on peaking? I mean, I, I think in almost any sport, you almost have to try to plan to peak. Like it's it's most sports, it's pretty hard to maintain that like your your absolute best level all year. And and that's really hard to do if especially if you're gonna train hard and break stuff down and work on trying to get better and stuff. Uh it's so I don't necessarily know if my shooting is peaking, but I am finally this year like just comfortable with going and shooting a match. Uh like there's no there's no real stress involved with traveling, having everything ready to go, that sort of stuff. Uh I feel like you know, this year was so long that my first match wasn't until August, and then it was just like go 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 go. Uh, now it's I, I just feel a little bit more, just more comfortable with with shooting with just the whole match deal. Um, and hopefully, I think kind of you know figured some stuff out mentally on where I need to be for this match. So, am I peaking? Maybe, uh, but definitely at, at a, a peak as far as comfort level is concerned, I think. Right. So you just had like a lot of things change for you this year. Uh, yeah. It's just been a different year. So yeah, it's hard to figure out if, if you're peaking or if like you're just figuring some stuff out or what. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, a, I mean, it's just been a strange, I mean, it's been a strange for everybody. It's just been a strange year. So, yeah. but it finally feels a little bit normal ish as far as shooting is concerned. Yeah. Okay. Lane, so this being your, you said this was your first year, full year shooting a dot, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So how how are you feeling about that? And do you feel, do you feel like you're peaking or like just getting comfortable with the dot or like kind of expand on that? No, I definitely feel like I'm peaking. Um, cause the things so I shot area three there in early August and, uh, I had shot like, you know, two or three majors before that. And, um, at area three, you know, obviously people who've shot it know it's like, there's basically no, no shoots. It's all open targets. I mean, there is a lot of hosing, but also long range swingers, things like that. But, um, I had exactly limited hits, exactly limited time. You know, like I shot the same exact essentially matched it like Cody and, and like Mike Ganera did but I was shooting a minor power division. So that didn't, it didn't put me where I wanted it to. And so I kind of, I kind of like went back and, and changed, like revamped myself. Like I've changed up my grip a little bit to, to get more out of the dot as far as, you know, just, uh, you know, like my recoil control and everything. Mm -hmm. And so since then I've, I mean, I probably upped my alpha count 10%, you know, of total rounds, dropped my deltas by 90% just shooting a lot more points and, you know, at least as fast as before. So I kind of feel like it's, it took Oklahoma, then Kansas, then great plains to kind of figure out like, okay, you can't just shoot carry optics. Like it's limited and then rely on the dot to, you know, mathematically give you more alphas. You have to be proactive about it. And then for me, it also, I tended to keep too much of a straight arm, like straight elbow position when I shot, especially shooting my polymer gun in limited. And I guess I never really noticed it as much. And then at area three, it kind of just jumped out. I think I had like 16 deltas at area three. I just remember like how many times the dot would just under recoil. It just wasn't as consistent. Like the dot was just moving laterally on me a lot. So I switched up the grip to a much more bent elbow position. And now, you know, I don't think the gun recoils less or the dot doesn't move less, but the predictability is a thousand times better. Like now if I do my job, the dot just moves, you know, linearly and it's not a surprise, but the hits have, have gone up on, you know, you know, accordingly. Right. So I think I saw you make, I don't know when that was, you made a post about on, I think it was Instagram about uh, like transferring your grip from position to position and keeping tension out of your shoulders or body. I think that was it. That was what it was about. You remember that? Uh, if I remember right, you're probably talking about like the one 
I kind of invented a drill for myself basically just to like force like multiple, you know, grip breaks and regripping of the gun, like moving position to position. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, those are just all things I kind of, I basically just tried to invent something that would make me, you know, run into position, get a grip, hammer two targets, move into a different position, you know, so breaking the grip and then regripping, hammer two targets, and then just working at it varying distances, you know, to, uh, to kind of enforce that. Cause for me, it was just, it was about like, okay, I know if I bend my elbows a lot more, bring the gun in tighter to the face, everything goes better for me, but it's not natural. Like mm-hmm. naturally I tend to just kind of overextend my left arm, especially. So I'm like, okay, I basically just need to, everything I do is just about enforcing this new thing I want to do with the gun and just kind of I guess more or less inventing drills to, uh, you know, towards that end. Yeah. I like it. Cool. All right. So next question is about peak week or final days leading up to nationals. So Jared, what are you doing this week as far as everything? Okay. So I'll start with Sunday. So yesterday uh, I did a, probably a little bit more of a normal uh, higher round count practice. I probably shot about 500 rounds. Um, But compared to, say, a normal time, when I'd be a long ways out from a major, instead of, you know, shooting like two or three drills and in that time, I would essentially run the same thing through the mags on my belt. So essentially six runs on the drill. And then I would switch it up, you know, come from the other side or, or, move some targets around or similar uh kind of the same thing today when i went practice after work i did some more standard exercise type stuff but i didn't run anything a whole bunch of times you know continually switch stuff up and was kind of more focused on the shooting and not like skill building necessarily right yeah you're just like running through your skills pretty much yep and then uh like dry fire tonight um pretty much only focused on reloads and specifically reloads with short movement in various directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow I'll shoot my indoor match, good chance to shoot a few stages. And then Wednesday I'll go to the outdoor range and I'll probably work on more uh, skill stuff, almost mini stages. I won't put walls or anything up, but I'll, I'll shoot something two or three times and I'll switch it up and do it a little differently. It won't be a real high round count. It'll be pretty easy on my hands. I'll probably do a little dry fire tomorrow night as well, or uh, Wednesday night as well. And then Thursday, so the day before I leave, will be a typical day before I leave for a major practice. So I'll go to the range, I'll zero my guns, and I'll shoot another 100 rounds on something kind of standard, just Mm -hmm. some like drills or transitions or the like. So as far as time dry firing, is it? the same as your normal schedule or is it more or less this week? Uh, it'll be about the same as typical. Okay. And uh, anything else peak week wise, like nutrition, do you like stacking up on fruit or carb loading with spaghetti or anything? Uh, no, I'm going to be gone for 10 days. So I avoided buying any extra meat or anything. So I, I'm going to probably eat out like four or five meals this week instead of, cooking all right i see you're drinking water there that's nice that's because you called me fat <laughs> i i mean it, it's very healthy water is jeff's gonna get slapped by sasquatch and then lane's gonna walk up immediately and throw the glove down in front of him <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be so disordered he's gonna pick the glove up and not even know what's going on and then he's gonna have lane Good. coming after him that sounds like a good plan. I like it. <laughs> I look forward okay. to it. All right, moving on. Jeremy, peak week. Are you doing? What are you doing this week? Uh, I'm not. Nothing crazy. Um, I've got. I don't leave for limited until like a week from this. I've got a. I've got eight days basically until I leave, and so. I'll probably dry fire seven of those eight days, maybe, maybe six days. Nothing, nothing crazy. Just making sure draws and entries and, and reloads and stuff like that are, 
just stay comfortable. Uh, I mean, it's a limited gun. You got a big magwell. Just try to stay comfortable with that. And then I'm going to shoot. I'll shoot most days if the weather's good. If the weather's bad, I'm not going to worry about it if I miss a day. Uh, I don't plan on doing any super, like, big shooting sessions. I don't expect I'll shoot much more than 300 rounds in a single session. Uh, and part of that for me is, like, in the past, I would have really ramped up like the week before, but then I almost that almost kind of feeds into a sense that I've got to ramp up and I've got to shoot a lot in order to for me to peak, so to speak, and it almost adds a little bit of stress in trying in trying to peak. And this year, I'm just trying to take a bit of a comfortable approach uh, and you know go shoot and and shoot a you know shoot a little bit, make sure everything's feeling all right, and then and call it good and not not really worry about trying to to fix anything great. Um, for me, as far as just shooting is, uh, the last time I was on the podcast, you know, talked about a lot, like kind of freezing up and locking up. And I've kind of found out a little bit of that for me is when I get a sense that I, I feel like I need to rush to meet a certain time or do something fast. Like I've got a close target. I need to split hard on or something like that. Um, then I really feel a need that I got to rush. And so I've really just been working on just not rushing, whether it's a target that's at three yards. I'm shooting I'm hitting, shooting a lot of stuff that's in close. I don't normally do that in practice, but I am practicing a lot of close hoser stuff um, and just not rushing it and not, not worrying about shooting fast splits. And that tension, that like locking up, like I shot today, I don't know, probably 300 rounds. And I, I had only one, one time through all that practice session that I, that I kind of lock up in that so that was good um and then the other thing i'm doing in practice is i'll i'll run a a, a stage or something like like today i had like a 20 round deal ran it a couple times kind of what i would call match pace again just trying to not rush and then going back once i kind of have an established time trying to shoot all ace like legit trying to shoot all ace not just trying to shoot well and see if i get all ace, but trying to shoot all ace and uh see what kind of time difference that is. And, and that's been pretty good. It kind of, kind of, you know, trying to shoot all A's, even if you're, even if you're way slower, it does force you back into good fundamentals. Um, you know, you put a 25 yard open target out there and yeah, you can shoot 25 splits on that and, and get good hits, but you can't guarantee a hate doing that. Uh, you're, you know, you can easily at 25 splits at a 25 yard target, throw alpha Delta, Charlie Mike. I mean, you can, you can really stop. So, you know, I, I think trying to do that is kind of helping me focus and get my fundamentals in a pretty pretty solid spot. Uh, so that's what I'm really trying to do leading up uh, to nationals. Try so to move like aggressive, like... but shoot, I don't know, aggressive, aggressively consistent. Is that, is that, does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense or not, but. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so it sounds like you're like actually like still training specific things all the way up until the match. Yeah. All right. So you're doing it something a little different, different than what Jared's doing. Yeah, a little bit, but, and again, like not trying to, like if I had to leave tomorrow for the match, like I would be totally fine with that. Yeah. Like I don't, so I don't like that. I don't, there, there's no sense that in the next, week i've got to get this figured out like there's no sense of that and i've had in the past i've had a lot of that it's like okay i got a week to get this figured out i don't really have that sense with this it's just um kind of keep doing what i'm doing and you know if it gets a little bit better if i get a little more comfortable with it cool if not i could go out and shoot it tomorrow and i think it'd be fine i like it lane peak week what are you doing this week What's your nutrition, your training, everything? <laughs> um, well, I'd say, like, you know, kind of like, you know, Jared, like mine sort of began, I guess, last week or last weekend. And so I shot a multi-gun match on Saturday, which was strictly because buddies were doing it. So it's kind of a, I trained really hard last week. And that was kind of like a nice, like, just relax in a sport that's stupid for a day. <laughs> and uh, then Sunday we had our October local match. And, um, so that was actually really good. Cause we had seven stages, um, and like a good, 
like pretty good mix of stuff. So it was, and obviously, you know, like I shot it, you know, like Cody did, Joel did, um, you know, so we had, you know, like good dude shooting. So that was a really good chance to just be like, Hey, obviously this is any other match, shoot it like any other match, um, you know, but kind of get some, some like good stages in, you know, a week before you head out. Um, and that went well, um, you know, I did what I needed to do there. And then this week I, I dry fired today. I got jujitsu tomorrow. And then I think, um, I think I'll shoot live on Thursday and Friday and dry fire again on Wednesday. Um, and as far as, as far as things to work on, like, I don't think I'm trying to get better this week because I think that would be incorrect. So I'm trying to make sure that everything feels good. Like today I did, uh, start off with just some draws, um, draws and like, you know, little two target transitions, some standing reloads, and then some just, you know, draw a couple of targets, reload, move in a couple of targets, like just, you know, standard stuff, make sure everything just feels, you know, good as far as basic manipulations. And as far as shooting, I think I'll probably, uh, I think I'll probably do like a transition focused kind of like Jared said, like a quote unquote, like mini stage, if you want to call it that day where I'll have, you know, like four five, six targets and sort of pick an order. Do I usually do about the same thing. I have like four mags on the belt. So I'll do like four runs and then I'll go reload and then change it up and do a completely different order from a different start place or something. Do that. And I think I'll probably hit Friday. I'll probably finish with one of my kind of, you know, alpha focused, you know, dynamic sort of drills, but not really trying to drive the round count up really high. I think I kind of, I don't really count rounds. Like I tend to pick basically one drill when I go to the range and I do it as long as it feels productive. And then as soon as I kind of feel my body reject it, I just stop. And whatever that's at, it's probably usually around four or 500 rounds, sometimes probably more, sometimes probably less. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just pretty simple as far as that goes. I'm not, I'm not getting really worried or amped up about anything. Um, you know, I think it's kind of feel like it's kind of business as usual, but also just like, you know, Hey, it's, this will be my third national. So this is, this is something you've done before. So just, you know, just make sure your shit's ready and, and, um, you know, and, and head out there. Right. So you mentioned that, uh, you had jujitsu, what, tomorrow? Correct. So do you get like sore? Are you sore when you're like the day after jujitsu or do you do it so often? Not so much anymore. Uh, I definitely am sometimes, but like, so for example, tomorrow I'll probably just go and do, we have a drill we call the passing drill that we warm up with for probably 30 or 40 minutes. Um, I'll probably just go and do that and then leave. Um, I won't stay and and go live and stuff. It's kind of in a perfect world. I wanted to take this week off of jujitsu, but I had impetigo on my freaking face and in my ear last week. So I missed last week. And so, okay, wait, you got to explain what impetigo yeah, it's like skin disease. So like type of stuff you get from wrestling, you know, it's, it's yeah. worse than ringworm, not as bad as MRSA, you know, pretty standard stuff really. But yeah. Is he, is he's not staying like, I'm not going to be sleeping in his bed after he leaves. Am I Jared? <laughs> yes. You are having his bed. <laughs> Great. I'm going to go buy some bleach. Don't worry. I took the proper medications, man. <laughs> oh, that's but, funny. Yeah, so that's that's kind of what I was wondering because I know, uh, like, when a big match is coming around, honestly, it's any major. Um, like, normally, I work out I work out four, four to five times a week. And on, like, match week, if it's – even if it's just a state match, like, I don't, I don't do anything that week just because I want to be – one, I don't want to take the chance of like rolling a wrist or something. Uh, and then the other thing is, I just I just want to be fully recovered. So I was just wondering if if that was something that that you considered during the week, or if if you do jujitsu so much that it just doesn't really affect you anymore. No, I think it's I kind of view it from sort of two uh, two different sides on that. So one, uh, I'm not going to go do something like. You know, I, I leave on Saturday, so like I'm definitely not going to go Friday and like 
wrestle hard or, or roll real hard or, you know, anything like that, obviously. But it's also like, typically I do jujitsu multiple times a week. So for my body, it feels normal to be doing jujitsu on Tuesday and on Thursday and on Saturday. So it's kind of one of those where like within the obviousness of not getting sore, not getting injured or something like that. I don't want to change up routine because that's typically what I do. I dry fire Monday and Wednesday, jujitsu Tuesday, Thursday, and I do live fire on Fridays and Sundays. Um, so I'm more or less will stick to that. Um, just to kind of keep that, you know, as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also be kind of nice. Like I'll go, I'll go probably get like 30 or 40 minutes of training in on Tuesday and then I'll just pull myself out. Like I, you know, I, I don't have any, you know, ego with that. And I'll probably stretch for like 30 or 40 minutes there just watching the other dude. So it'll be kind of also a nice excuse to just get some additional mobility and recovery work in with that, I think. So, yeah. So Lane likes to watch other dudes rolling around and groping each other. Got it. Literally. Yep. Didn't you, didn't you try to grope me when I stayed at your house for free state? Well, that's why I had you sleep in my room. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think I got uh, another question. Okay, I'll just ask them together. So first is going to be, are you shooting with people you know? And then go ahead and answer if you have any like mental game plan or a strategy going into the match. Um Anything like that? What's what's your where are you at mentally going into the match? What are you thinking, Jared? Okay, yes, I am shooting with people I know. I think there's two or three people on my squad I don't like know very well, and then there's a couple more people that I know but I haven't ever shot matches with. So looking forward to that shooting with some new people basically, but still have a a good core of people I know, and. And I think we discussed this a little bit on last week's, but uh, one thing I'll do, even if it's a squad I know, whenever I am, you know, two shooters down, like I will remove myself from the group of people and separate so that I can focus on what I'm doing and not be getting distracted. Um, that way you are not get stuck in a conversation or something. And then my game plan is I'm going to come out swinging just like any other match. I'm going to, make sure that I am on the pace from the start. I don't want to get stuck in a, in a rut of, you know, trying not to make any mistakes or anything. I just want to come out and I want to shoot. Heck yeah. I like it. Jeremy. Uh, I'm not, I'm not shooting like with like any, I don't think, um, I haven't looked at this quite list in a little while. Not like any, like, like super close friends, like people that I've shot with a lot. Um, but I think Manny Bragg is on my squad. I shot with him a couple times. Um, and oh man, I'm blanking. Who do we eat dinner with Mexican food at single stack nationals? Not Mitch. Luke Reininger. Luke. Yeah. 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 I'm squatted with him. Um, so we squatted, he squatted with us. Well, he squatted with me at L10 nationals. Um, and so like, so I know, and I think there's a couple other people on the squad that I know. Um, so like I know, I know the people, so that like that that's at least good. Like I can, like I can talk to them. I'm not like they're not like close buddies. Um, after three days of shooting national, maybe we'll be buddies. But uh, so yeah, so I don't, I don't know people a ton. Um, but as far as you know, this year, I'm not super big on like oh, I've really got to just try to stay dialed in mentally, like all match and like. Like, don't talk to, I'm not one of these, like, hey, don't talk to me. Like, I'm trying to focus. And I'm really, like, I try to stay pretty chill. Um, and I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. This year, maybe there's, I may have gone a little too far in that. Uh, and maybe, maybe needed to ratchet up the focus. Kind of like, like Jed said, a couple, couple shooters down, kind of block people out and maybe, maybe get a couple more mental rehearsals in than what I'm doing, trying to get slightly more, uh, more focus. Um, and for me, the barometer on that is just, if I'm, if I'm spending so much time trying to, to focus on the stage that it's, that it's getting me amped up, like it's like I'm getting anxious about it, then I'll stop. 
And I'll try to just kind of monitor that. What basically just what I'm feeling. If if I feel like I'm getting stressed about it, thinking about it, then I'll then I'll I'll stop because uh, that's I don't want to get get to that point. Um, as far as strategy for the match, uh, I mean it's it's full sin, man. Like that, there's no other way to do it. Um, but I'm really trying to. My mental focus is is I think most people have had those stages where like like you feel like and you can even you can normally see other people do this too when you watch them shoot um like they are just dialed in and like they're moving aggressively like their like their entry positions are, are good their transitions are really crisp and it's it's weird like you can see somebody do that on one stage and the next stage it's like they're not there and i i've i can feel that myself even in practice runs at practice and stuff like that um what that feels like and so that's to me, that's the mental state that I want to get in. It's like, okay, what does that feel like? And whenever I'm doing my visualization beforehand, make sure I'm visualizing that aggressiveness, but still in control um, and and see where that takes me. Uh, yeah, there's no, to me, there's no layback, but there's also just don't rush, don't rush things either. Uh, make sure you at least let stuff take its own time and don't trust don't trust your what you think is taking time while you're shooting because that that'll lie to you. Nice. Did that answer the question? I don't know. Yeah, full send. Full send, baby. Full send. I'll do. No other way to do it. All right, Lane, are you shooting with uh, anybody you know or a whole pack of people you know? And uh, what yeah, I'm in. Is, I'm uh, squatted with Jared, so okay. um, you know, a decent number of people I know, and then obviously people that I don't, and so. I think that'll be good. I'm actually, I'm kind of of the opinion as I've gotten better at the sport that squatting with people I know is less likely to result in people that try to talk to you when it's inappropriate to talk to you versus in a squad with people that you either don't know or they kind of just know because people feel awkward enough where they, hey, I need to. I need to force some sort of conversation because, you know, because I, you know, we're, we're just now meeting each other. Um, and so uh, I actually think that's kind of like the hallmark of like the good shooters that I tend to shoot with is that like, we all get it. Like we don't really talk during the stages, you know, and that works out really well. Um, and then it's, it's good from the standpoint too, because we've got, you know, multiple good carry optics guys in the squads. There'll be good people to kind of bang stage plans off with um and then you know i think it's you know i don't think at least for me you don't come out swinging but then you don't you don't come out and just be like hey you know go 50 percent on this one and just get a mark in the dirt you know it's just like the stage is the stage i mean just run it run it for what it is i mean obviously don't try to do something stupid like i did in 2018 nationals like hey this first stage is a burner just burn it down first date. Nope. Two mics. Just like, just unnecessary, you know, just, uh, mm. just treat it like it's a stage and you need, you need the hits that you need on it. Um, and just, just go from there, I guess. I like it. So I, I just came up with another question. Um, okay. So anybody that goes to a big match like this, that cares about the sport, um, the first stage or two, usually the first stage for sure is very rough. And a lot of people tank the first stage. Uh, it doesn't go well for a lot of people. You know, your hands are shaky. It's hard to load the gun. It's hard to draw the gun. It's hard to shoot. Um, what is your strategy to get through the first stage? Jared. <laughs> I, I already told you my strategy. I'm going to, I'm going to come out swinging on the first stage. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna have mistakes, you're gonna have mistakes. I mean, I'm not gonna be like trying to push through 120 percent of what I can do, but I'm not gonna be like trying to go slow and careful because if you go slow and careful, you're gonna give up a ton of points anyways. If you just shoot the stage like you want to shoot your match and you have a mistake, so what? Like, there's 21 more stages after that. You don't have any strategy for like managing nerves or anxiety on the first stage. I have at this point in time, I've probably shot thousands of stages i am not overly concerned about one stage like it's another stage i don't need to treat it as anything different 
So that's your strategy, man. Just, just treat it like it was the the fifth stage at your fall classic. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw the gun. I'm gonna shoot some targets, and then I'll probably have to reload the gun and shoot some more targets. And then, how many ever rounds is on that stage? I'll probably do that a couple more times. I hope that's how it goes for you. <laughs> Jeremy. Uh, I mean, for me, it's a little bit of rip the Band-Aid off type deal. Um, it, it, for, for my personal experience, trying to back off on speed doesn't necessarily result in fewer mistakes. Uh, so... So I'm not like I'm not going to approach the first stage as if I'm going to I'm going to back off 10% or whatever and just try to not mess up. That to me that like anytime I've done that in the past, it actually takes me longer to quote unquote get into the match. If that makes sense, it's like if I go hard the first stage, if I mess up, I mess up, but then it's like I'm warmed up for the second stage. Whereas if I if I lay back on the first stage, it's like the next stage I still got to go hard to try to get warmed up, and it's like and if I do that, then I'm like three or four stages in to and you're only shooting seven stages a day, and it's like I'm not even warmed up yet. So for me, it's a little bit of rip the bandaid off, go hard, and get into that mindset as quick as you can. Is how you want to sh- be shooting when you're warmed up. Like that's kind of what I was meaning. If you in my opinion, if you try to go slow, you also risk getting trapped in the, oh, I made a mistake on that. I've got to make sure I don't give up any points on this next stage. So I'm going to shoot really carefully. Yeah. And then instead of giving up maybe some deltas or a mic or something on one of those stages, what you do is you end up giving up, you know, 10, 15, 20% of the time because you've slowed way down. You end up doing everything slower. Yeah. And that's that's kind of been my experience in, in nationals in the past whenever I've tried to come out conservative. And, and I've, I've, you know, the last two years, I've put a ton of focus on my first runs at, in practice. And it's actually last year, a lot of times my first run in practice on a stage, like I would run it and like, okay, that's a decent run. And then my next run was like, say it was a 16 second deal that I'd set up. My next run would almost be immediately a second and a half to two seconds faster. It was like, whoa, like this is not. That is not good if I'm giving up two seconds just on a my first run versus a second run. And I mean, you're often going to have that, but this year, especially recently, my first runs are really close to my my times after having shot it a couple of times. I'm not seeing that huge drastic change, and so that's I I, I bring some confidence from that into the match that okay, I can my cold run can still be can still be really good. I like it. I think I've said I like it like 50 times in this show. You haven't said anything you don't like, so at some point you should have disagreed. You can tell tell Lane he's not smart again. He's a dirty hippie. He likes everything. That's true. (laughs) All right, Lane, first, uh, first stage. No, and that's like right when you started asking that question, I I just remembered – something that I had done last year at nationals that I'd fully intend to do this year was that I always went over like we we're out in Utah last year. And so went over to the live fire, like the practice bay and shot before we started the day, all three days, like just, you know, get some draws here, maybe a reload or, you know, whatever, get some transitions, basically just, just get some, some live trigger pulls in the gun so that it's not, the first live rounds of the day when I get to that first stage over there. Um, so I definitely, I sent, I sent a ton of freaking rounds down to uh, Florida this year so I could do the same thing. Um, and, you know, just, I mean, just to make sure that, you know, you're ready for it, but, but yeah, I think it's, you know, I think we all essentially think the same thing in, in that it's, you know, you don't come out and try to win the match on the first stage, but like, like I shoot at the level that I shoot. So I'm going to start, like that on stage one and the other guys are the same, you know, it's like, I I can't treat it differently. You know, it's not the time to try something new or an order that I'm not comfortable with or, or whatever. It's just like, Hey, this is the stage. If this is what you determine to be your best chance of success, just go do it. Like it was the first stage of the day 
last stage of the match, whatever, you know, just, just go out there and shoot. Um, don't do anything freaking dumb. You know, I know my, my pre-stage, you know, cues and routine, like just stick with what you do, what you know, and just go for it. Mm, yeah, that's good. Doing the, yeah, having cues and routine is, I think is a big one. It's good, man. I like it. Well, y'all got any, any other comments about nationals or anything you want to talk about? Yeah, I got one. So we yeah. had a, we'll call it a listener question. Uh, yeah. Do you full sand the whole match and go for top five? Or do you try to play consistent? It, it could be, well, if you go full stand, it can either be top five or you might end up 15th. Or do you try to play the consistency game and, you know, maybe guarantee a so, top 10 placement, but maybe not have quite as high a ceiling in that? What do you guys think? So I, I know the listener you're referring to. And I actually was talking to him on the phone the other day on uh-huh. a similar topic. So uh, what I told him was, I, I, <laughs> was I this on one of those like dials? Did he, do you have to get on a landline to talk to him, like with a dial up? <laughs> no, uh, we actually use Morse code, like okay. on the little, the little thing you tap out, like in the old cowboy movies. Uh, thankfully, the Indians did not cut the line. What's that? Tell there we good. go. So, uh, I was I was talking to said listener on the phone earlier, and as as I told him, he, you you have the abilities and the skill, like you just need to shoot the match, like you did earlier matches this year where you performed very well. Like it, and he's like, well, I pushed at that match. He's like, well, no, you didn't push at that match. You shot close to your limits. You were in control, but you weren't going slow. He's like, okay, yes. I was like, do that because if you do, a top five is very much in your capabilities. And if you if you go pushing, you're over 22 stages. If you try to push, you're going to end up costing yourself more. You need to shoot as close to your limits as you can. Like you you have to be in some level of control. And push, you know, maybe in little bits of stages where you can, but you don't want to go like full send. I mean, it's not going to work out for you. I concur with that. It's especially like, man, like that works at like two stage indoor matches. You're talking 21, 22 stages, you know, and it's, it's like, obviously, yeah. I mean, you need to always be operating within like the upper quadrant of your ability, but like, 22 stages is enough stages for any shooter to throw away the points you need to be where you want to be. So you're basically just, you're always putting yourself in that position, but it's like, you know, if you come out on day one, stage three and drop 75 points on 150 point stage, doing something stupid, like that's like, that's a big freaking deal. You know, it's just like, you just, I don't think you take that risk, you know, because it's like, okay, if your options are to go five or to go 27, those aren't really good. I don't like either of those choices, you know, like, like I'm going to play my game in the middle. And then I suppose maybe you can make an argument. Like you get down, there's two stages left and like, it's coming down to Jared and I for, you know, number nine and number 10, you know, at nationals and be like, okay, here's where he's at points wise. And so I know I have to kind of go for it on this stage. I think that makes sense. But just to be like, all right, I'm going to start out at 101%. That that seems like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I think uh, I think said listeners should just shoot shoot their what they're capable of. I think having the ability to to push a little more it would be a nice tool to have. But I don't think it should be utilized. Uh, one, if if you don't know where you stand in the match, like there, I don't think there's any point in doing it at all. Um, if, I think if you don't know where you stand in the match, you just need to shoot the match. Uh, just shoot it, like like Lane said, in the you know upper quadrant of your ability. Um, I think if you do know where you stand and you know you're nearing the end and Maybe you're a little behind. You think you could take the win, then yeah, you know you could you could try to pull that tool out and maybe edge out a win. But if you don't know where you stand, I don't I don't really see the point uh, in in pushing. Because I mean, what if you're you're gonna finish tenth anyway? 
just shooting your match and then you're like decide to push a little bit and you know maybe you get seventh or maybe it knocks you down to 18th and you i think you'd just be better off just just shooting your game well you bring up a good point there though you're, you're talking about leveraging what you know about the scores to decide if you should push in a certain area and if you're coming to last stage and you're in sixth place and you've got a 20 point lead on the guy in seventh place and you're you're 10 points out of the you know third place or something well a, a push might be relevant if that stage has a spot where you can push but to just come out and be like should i push at this entire match without any reference of where where you're at where everyone else is at does not make any sense and especially when you're a shooter at this caliber i mean he he is pretty good it's okay. I'm disappointed none of y'all are shooting against each other, though. Well, I mean, how many times am I supposed to beat this guy before I can go shoot a new division? That's the real <laughs> question. That's true. Listen, I've scared Jared out of every division he's shot. Like, I can't keep him around. <laughs> yep. I, I left CO because Lane was shooting CO. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I contacted him about that CZP10 last year, he was like, Hey, bro. By the way, I'm uh, I'm in production now. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I've got maybe a slightly I don't know if it's different take or not, but I think in this sport there's a little bit of uh, an argument for most people to find places where you can create margin. Because uh, if your if your stance is that okay, I'm going to go shoot consistent, steady Eddie for all 22 stages and that's going to result me in a in a 10th place finish or 15th place wherever wherever you think that will fit you in um the challenge with that is if 10 is your ceiling with being steady eddie like most likely you're not going to go 22 stages without having some sort of cluster uh and so i think there is there is some validity to you've got to push some on some stages because you got to have some of those high stage scores to somewhat offset whenever you do have a mistake. And so I think there is, you can't just play the, I'm just going to shoot steady and shoot consistent. At least for me, that, that, that was not a recipe for, for successful matches um, to try and do that. But I mean, we're basically talking about the same thing, though. You know, push where you can within reason if it makes sense to do so. But to just push to push on everything is not going to be there. I, I saw this person push when they didn't need to push, and I saw them shoot like four no shoots in a match. Yeah. Play four no shoots? Four no shoots where there was no reason to shoot those no shoots. I think one of them was even a makeup shot for an alpha that he made up into a no shoot. Oh, I- yeah. The other thing that I would say about nationals, especially in these long matches, is yes, the first stage is really important, but I have noticed this. I mean, it has cost me a lot personally. Um, The last couple of stages, like everybody sees the finish line. They're like, even though they're they're enjoying the match, they're glad that it's a long stage. Like you see the last couple of stages on the last day and people start letting up. Uh, and I like I've done that myself. Like you just kind of let up mentally. It's like okay, you got one more stage left. You got two more stages. Okay, no big deal. And you kind of just go through the motions a little bit. These matches are so close that like finish positions and points are being won and lost very much in those last those last few stages. And so doing whatever you need to do to set aside and make sure that you stay dialed in all the way to the very end of the match can i mean it, it can mean two three maybe even four spots uh in a match depending on how how tight it is and so make sure you don't let up whenever you see it's kind of the end and you're finished and you're tired and you're you're ready for the, you think okay i've already i've already made mistakes and i already kind of know where i'm going to slot in well you're not it's not slotted in yet um until it's done and so make sure you go hard all the way till the very last time the very last shot no, I think that's good. And I, I was, I was kind of add with uh, like the knowing when to push or whatever. It's like, I think, especially with, you know, obviously the score has been updated, you know, usually after morning squad, and then at the end of the day is 
you know, like, like, you know, where the people who are finishing roughly where you are, are kind of shooting. It's like, if I see that, like, for example, if I'm shooting against, you know, like Jeff and I'm like, okay, Jeff kind of bombed on this stage a little bit is like, you know, I think for me, I've kind of switched around even a little bit. And like, instead of viewing like, okay, now if I push a little bit on this stage, I could gain a ton of points on Jeff. Whereas I think it's also kind of like, okay, like he already dropped points. So this is a really good time for me. I mean, not to like back off, but like just to shoot a very like consistent, good stage and be like, okay, that's 30 points in the book right there. You know, it's just like view that as like, okay, here's where I kind of know I like I've got, an easy 20 points that I can gain on this guy because he dumped the points. And so now I just need to make sure I do well, you know, I mean, obviously not, not backing off. I mean like, okay, cool. I can just go out and jog through this stage or something, but um, you know, just kind of doing your homework, you know, from uh, the shooters before you, um, you know, when you get to stages. Yeah. So it's kind of like that, that last stage at area three with me and Jeremy. Where, yeah. <laughs> where uh, he he would you you thought you were behind, right? No, yeah, you, no, no. Let's let's get this straight. Somebody lied to me <laughs> and told me that their hit factor on a stage was like a full point, like a full hit factor higher than it was. So I'm going to the last stage, and I thought I was down 15 or 20 points, and in reality, I was actually leading by seven points. Right. And so, right. So you're. Your parents didn't teach you not to trust a dirty hippie. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was a. I thought that. Well, I mean, my parents taught me to trust my friends, and apparently, I chose a bad friend. Is the problem? I thought I had a. I thought I had a good friend, somebody that was trustworthy. Well, no, your personality means no quality friends want to be your friends. No, that's probably not an untrue statement. <laughs> uh, but so, so I mean, but. Thinking I was down in the match, uh, I pushed a little hard, and it was it was not an easy stage. It was not a good stage to push on, quite frankly. Um, yeah. But I thought I needed a push to try to win the match, and and I, it didn't work out. I mean, I, I, right. It didn't didn't work out very well. Right. It's um, like all you had to do is like a normal run, and you're to come out on top. Yeah. If I had just shot, if I had just shot simple, um, I would have won the match. Most so Jeff needs. Jeff needs two slaps now. <laughs> Jeff Jeff's slap count is so high that it's just like it's just un- unbelievable. He's kind of like D'Artagnan here. He's got like dual right. set up for like 12, 1205, 1210, 1215. Just yes. like yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. I'm done here. I'm done here if y'all y'all got something else. Yeah. Oh, that was good. And that is these guys, Jared, Jeremy, and Lane going to nationals next week. Now you know what they were thinking going into the match because this will drop after nationals. So yep. uh, now you get to you get to see how they do and then you get to hear what they were thinking going into the match. And I can't wait for the recording afterwards to to all talk of sweet victory. It's gonna be all great. those ni- all those ninety nine cent trophies we're gonna collect. <laughs> okay, f- quick, fast, fast fire question, Jared. What is a successful match placement for you? Were you happy? I mean, realistically, if I shoot really well and it's not up to like a specific placement i'm not going to be disappointed but i I definitely want to see something uh substantially over 85 percent the overalls uh and clearly top 16 lane uh yeah i'd like to shoot top 16 and i think goal for points would be 90 percent match points or 90 percent uh of the winner rather hot damn that'll put you that'll put you at top 10 probably I would be ecstatic. I've got a I've got a bottle of Booker's. If you know, if anybody knows, the inner listeners know bourbon. I've got a bottle of Booker's that's going to get open if I make top ten. So that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for. Over over ninety percent would be good. You, you're staying with me. It's going to get open anyways. No, I'm not bringing I'm not bringing well, that with me. Well, yes, you should because we can either <laughs> no, we'll go. There's some, we can we can 
We can open it for victory or for defeat. There's some liquor stores down there. We'll go find something good. And then if you pour like a little bit of water back in there, like nobody will know that it's like when you send it to them. <laughs> That's anybody that pours water in their in their bourbon, they just need to they need to man up and drink it like a real man does. I heard Jeff puts water in his bourbon. I have before. That doesn't nobody is surprised by Jeff watering down his bourbon. I mean, I watched some like bourbon drinking tutorials and there was some some people that suggested adding water to like soften the, the blow of the sting so you could taste better. I don't know. It, it could be out there, but I thought it worked. Je- why were why were you watching ladies review bourbon? <laughs> well, you know, I just I just connect with them well. On that note. Thank you for listening to The Hit Factor. I hope you all enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you live from Nationals. Yes, check out the lives on Facebook and IG. Thanks, y'all. Stop recording, damn it.